Welcome to the Thriller Fiction Podcast, your source for gripping and twisty stories in a serialized format. And now, here's your host, Jim Heskett. Greetings, most excellent podcast listener. I am venerable host Jim Heskett, bringing you the finest in thriller fiction. Mwah. Bon appetit. This is the Thriller Fiction Podcast, and that's why you're here, that's why I'm here, that's why we're all here, to enjoy some serialized thriller fiction. We are reading the first chapters of the Micah Reed Chronological Edition, and today we are reading the final first chapter in the Micah Reed Chronological Edition. It's not the very last episode of the season, but I don't want to spoil anything yet, because there may be a surprise or two still left in the tank. Anyway... We've got kind of a bit of a longer first chapter to read today, so I'm not going to babble too much at the beginning. As always, I will do some commentary on the chapter uh, at the end, on the back end of it. And I can say that this is absolutely the most intense first chapter, even more intense, I think, than the first chapter of Nailgun Messiah. Well, no, it's definitely, it's objectively more intense. That's not uh, an opinion than the first chapter of Nailgun Messiah. So here we go with chapter one of Micah Reed, book number seven, Shock collar. The dog at the end of the leash glowered at Micah. He hadn't been aware dogs could frown, but this one had mastered the expression. Some odd telepathy seemed to link the two of them, but Micah had no idea what the hell the dog was trying to say. Micah Reed, eyeing the bull mastiff, tilted his head toward his friend Lane. Something isn't right about this. I don't think this dog respects me. Lane sighed and pressed the crosswalk button on Colfax Avenue. He rested his hands on his hips, making his shoulders seem bulbous. Lane always looked like he was wearing shoulder pads. Probably not, man, Lane said. You're not doing a very good job of asserting yourself. Asserting myself? Like, should I tell him about my achievements and my life goals? Lane smiled. Sure, he might appreciate hearing the perspective of a grown-up. He's just a pup. That's my point, Micah said. I'm 31, so I think he might see through it. Lane laughed as the light changed and they crossed toward Vine Street. Cars whizzed by, the sun reflecting off metal and beaming light like laser beams in all directions. Saturday pedestrians herded like cattle along the sidewalks. The muscular and black-snouted bull mastiff on the end of the leash pulled and lurched toward the other side of the street, and Micah let himself be tugged over to the sidewalk. What choice did he have? Denver's oppressive August midday heat sent a bead of sweat across Lane's buzzed blonde hair and then trickled down his cheek. He wiped it off with a tattooed forearm and helped Micah usher the dog from one side of the street to the other. Micah rarely compared himself to other men, but he felt downright scrawny standing next to his brutish friend. Same with the dog. The mastiff looked like he could kick Micah's ass pretty easily, too. Once on Vine, Lane knelt in front of the dog. He looked at it head-on. The flow of pedestrians bent around them like two rocks in the center of a stream. Lane held the dog's gaze for several seconds in silence. Eddard, sit. The slobber-mouthed dog immediately dropped its hindquarters. Micah watched in awe of his friend's command of such a wild beast. Then, Lane stood and waved a hand up and the dog rose to its feet again. Okay, you try. Age has nothing to do with it. I'm almost 40, and this dog doesn't question my orders. Do I have to call him Eddard, Micah said? It's such a weird name. I mean, no offense. 
You still haven't read the book yet, have you? No, Micah said. Sorry. I will, though, soon. Lane shrugged. It's no sweat off my sack. You can call him Ned if you like. Micah positioned himself in front of the dog. He had to swing the leash around since it was attached to his hand. The leash end threaded over his thumb and around his palm, almost like a glove, extra secure. Micah squared his shoulders. He felt his heart thumping, but told himself to project confidence and the dog would do whatever he said. Eddard, sit. The dog looked up at him, the same frown on his massive face, big brown eyes, plump and curious. Over the next few seconds, the frown did not soften. This isn't working, Micah said. Lane chuckled again and waved them forward. It's okay. Give it time. You've got all week. I'm not sure if I'm cut out for dog sitting, Micah said as they strolled along Vine Street on a slight incline. Is there someone else you can get? Sorry, man. You're all I got. Micah sighed and accepted his fate as the keeper of Lane's dog for the next seven days while Lane would work a security consulting contract out of town. Micah wasn't even sure if dogs were allowed in his condo, but he figured as long as no one saw the dog going in or out, he'd be fine. How's work, Lane said. Frank keeping you busy? Before Micah could answer, a squirrel darted from a tree onto the sidewalk. Eddard's ears pointed up, his tail flicked into a curl, and his body tensed. Then he burst forward. The leash, attached to Micah's hand, also shot straight forward and Micah lost his balance. The force of the dog's lunge dragged him down onto the sidewalk. Micah had been in favor of using this leash since Eddard wouldn't be able to squirt away from him, but it also meant if Eddard went somewhere, Micah was along for the ride. Whoa, Lane said. Easy there. Looks like he caught you by surprise with that one. Micah pulled back against the dog, whimpering and whining against the leash frantically longing for the squirrel now high in the tree. Micah used the tension on the leash to pull himself to his feet. Panting, he said, How do you deal with that? You just be ready for it, man. He's a bull mastiff. If he wants to chase things, you have to know when to give him some slack and when to muscle up and hold him back. Micah didn't know if the gym had any machines to strengthen a shoulder socket. Probably not. Once he'd caught his breath, Micah continued up Vine, then they turned the next corner deeper into a neighborhood. The foot traffic faded away, few cars now passing along the one-way streets. Security consulting, Micah said. Say what? Your gig, the reason you're going out of town. It is, Lane said as they crossed the street into the wide-open greenery of Cheeseman Park. Your boss actually hooked me up with a job. University of Kansas is looking to install new biometric locks in some of their dorms. Ooh, fancy. Yep, Lane said, it sure is fancy. I told them I didn't think it was a good use of their funding, and they disagreed with me. But as long as the check cashes, I'll install whatever they want. Wait, Micah said. He used his untethered hand to check around to his back pocket. His wallet was gone. What is it? I think I dropped my wallet. Hang on, one sec. Micah tugged Eddard to come with him as he doubled back to the far side of the street opposite the park. Lane stood where he was, tapping his foot, waiting. Micah spotted his brown leather wallet sitting in the grass of someone's front yard. As he bent to pick it up, from behind him came the sound of tire screeching. A black, full-size van careened along way over the speed limit, coming within inches of sideswiping the cars parked along the street. Lane stood barely inside the park, right next to the sidewalk, and they both turned to watch this truck swerve along the road. Then it passed Micah and screeched to a halt only a few feet from Lane. What the hell? Micah said. But he didn't have time to get an answer from Lane. The back door of the van popped open and out jumped three figures wearing black pantyhose over their heads. 
FNX-45 tactical pistols in their hands topped with noise suppressors. Judging by the shape of their faces, there were two men and one woman, although the woman was as muscular as the other two, rushing straight at Lane. They hadn't seen Micah yet. The following scrum would last only 15 or 20 seconds total. Anyone watching might have heard the gunshots or seen a blur of clothing and some kind of struggle, but Micah would recall it all, beat for beat, for the rest of his life. He would always feel every detail of seeing his friend gunned down in the street next to the park. Eddard barked. Lane reached a hand toward the back of his pants. Micah scarcely had time to register that Lane was reaching for a gun before a barrage of noise-suppressed bullets ejected from one pistol toward Lane. Micah watched three separate shots hit Lane in the chest. Tiny puffs of red misted into the air. The shots echoed across the park. Lane spun and sank to the ground, his body performing a twist like a ballerina before he folded and landed face first. No, Micah shouted. The three assailants turned in his direction. All three of them cast their eyes down toward the dog tethered to Micah's hand, and then they came at him. Edward was howling, pulling, snarling at the woman rushing toward Micah. Micah's arm wrenched forward as Edward bucked against the end of his leash. One of them lifted a gun and pulled the trigger. The shot whiffed by Micah's head, making him duck. He could discern the shape of a nose underneath a pantyhose, the darkness of a set of eyes. The nearest man was white with dark hair, eyes down, not looking directly at Micah. They weren't going for him. They were trying to get at the dog. Micah reared back and punched this closest man in the jaw, knocking him back a step. Micah hadn't brought a gun out for the afternoon walk like Lane had. Lane. He was on the ground, shot. Micah yearned to rush to him, to see if he was still alive. Maybe if he called in the next few seconds, he could get an ambulance in time. But Micah didn't even have a chance to turn his head in that direction. The female attacker was on him, but she wasn't grappling with Micah. They were snatching at the dog, trying to grab him by the collar. Eddard, being his usual uncooperative self, growled and snapped and tried his best to bite off the hand of the woman wrestling with him. The bull mastiff's powerful jaw clamped down on a thumb, smearing blood across his jowls. The attacker screamed and wrenched her hand back, left a trail of blood and dog spit between them. Another man finally secured a handful of Eddard's neck fur and lifted his pistol towards Micah's chest. Micah used his free hand to swipe it away, knocking it to the ground. The man tugged toward the van, but when he tugged, Micah also lurched in that direction because of the leash securely wrapped around Micah's palm. He couldn't simply let go. He would actually have to unclasp the thing. Micah got in another blow, this time knifing the edge of his hand against where he guessed the man's ear was, underneath the pantyhose. A second nearby attacker whipped his pistol up, connecting the barrel with Micah's chin. It dazed him for a moment. The man lowered the gun toward Micah's head, and Micah jumped at him, throwing a shoulder into the man's chest. The first attacker jerked Eddard by the fur, and Micah took another involuntary step forward. The man now seemed to realize how the leash was attached as he dragged Eddard toward the van and Micah went along with them, doing everything he could not to trip over his feet, trying to fight back and losing. The man Micah had not punched grabbed hold of Micah's arm and pushed him toward the van bringing Micah and Eddard together. As they all tumbled into the back of the van and the door shut behind him, Micah stole one last look through the van window. His friend Lane Parrish 
lying face down in the middle of the street, blood pooling underneath his abdomen. Holy crap, that's intense, right? Uh, I mean, if you compare that to you know some of the more tame uh, beginnings, like um, for uh, um, Blood Thief, you know, where Micah and Frank are having cake, and then Micah's next door neighbor comes in and asks for help. The beginning of Shot Caller is super intense, uh, and it's really quite a thrill ride from there. It's it's probably, except for maybe Paper Tiger, probably the most exciting book in the series. And full disclosure, I pretty much wrote Shock Caller to be a jumping off point for Lane Parrish's individual series. There is a lot more of Lane in this book, and it goes into a lot more of Micah kind of figuring out who his friend is or was, and diving in and learning about Lane and figuring out that he maybe wasn't exactly the person that Micah thought he was. So yeah, this is if you're if you've or if you're a big fan of the Lane Parish series, you definitely need to read Shot Collar because it's kind of a prequel to the Lane Parish series and it serves as a jumping off point. And really it is a book um, that is about really the simplest way I can explain it is that Shot Collar, it's it's a it's a book about a dog collar. It's a book about a dog collar and some people that are willing to kill to get it um, and how Lane is tied to that dog collar and how it relates to Micah and one of the recurring villains in the series, Tyson Darby. Well, I don't want to spoil anything by giving it all away, but that um, all those things tie together and uh, a heist and a bunch of other things that um, hopefully you've already read it by now because it's a pretty good book. I mean, I wrote it, so of course I'm not going to tell you it's crap, but I do. I think it's probably one of the best in the series. Um, and um, I think it's worth your time. I don't have a whole lot more to say about Shot Caller other than, uh, you know, this is the last of the single chapters that we're going to read in the Micah Reed Chronological Edition. Um, this, that, the Micah Reed Chronological Edition is not generally for sale. Um, but there are ways to get it. Uh, I gave away a copy on my website uh, recently, and I may do that again. So who knows, you know, or I may just throw it up on Amazon for sale. Who knows? I can do whatever I want. I do what I want. Anyway, that's all I have to say for this week, and I will see you guys again next week. All right, take care. That's it for this episode of the Thriller Fiction Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and visit jimheskett.com for more info and free thriller books.